0: This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed.
1: Intent to stay, I would argue, is not necessarily a lasting intention if you, the employer, are not making meaningful connections on an ongoing basis to ensure your team has the intent to stay.
0: That's Mary Lynn Fayoumi, president and CEO of HR Source and one of the featured speakers at the WQA Business Boot Camp in Las Vegas in April. And welcome to another episode of WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Find us at wqa.org, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. This is podcast number 123. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. You can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes and on most popular podcast apps. In this episode, we'll hear a portion of Mary Lynn's presentation at Boot Camp, and she makes it clear that the ease of looking for a job today means that if you're a dealer or water treatment executive and you show up for work in a bad mood or don't thank your team for their hard work the day before, they just might be heading over to LinkedIn to see who's hiring. And it can happen that fast. Plus, we'll get a regulatory update from Kathleen Fultz, and I'll have our WQA tip. Now on to Mary Lynn Fayoumi at the WQA Business Bootcamp on WQA Radio.
1: The statistics about how many people are looking for a job while they're at work is shocking. I've heard as high as 75%. Uh, I often tell this story, and it looks like maybe a few of you in this room might remember these days, when really the only time you could look for a job... You would have to wait for the Sunday paper, right? So in Chicago, that was the Chicago Tribune. And if you hadn't stayed out too late the Saturday night before, you might get up in the morning. And if you were, um, you know, either got it delivered to your doorstep or went to the corner store to pick it up. And if you were energetic enough, you would look through the one ads and you would circle the postings that looked like they might be of interest to you and then if you were super energetic on that Sunday you might get out your IBM Selectric and type out a cover letter and then find yourself a way to Kinko's and go make some photocopies on Monday of your resume and put it in a nice envelope and send it off. Those days are gone. If as a manager Your employee just worked a 15-hour day the day before and they show up at work the next morning at 7 a.m. and you're in a bad mood or haven't had your coffee or had a bad drive to work and don't say hello to them or don't thank them for the effort that they put in on your organization's behalf the day before, what might they be doing in the next half hour or hour? Anyone heard of Indeed, CareerBuilder, LinkedIn, all the job boards out there? Or they could very well be calling back that recruiter that just called them yesterday or sent them an email or a text. One of the biggest tricks and trends these days with recruiters, and I'm not talking just of high-level executive positions, but down to your hourly employees, is what they call trying to hook the passive candidate. Where are these passive candidates right now? They're working for you. And you might think they're really happy. You might assume that they're your great long-term players, but if you're not making meaningful connections to them on a regular basis and showing them that you believe they're a star player and that you're investing them and communicating with them and thanking them for a job well done, It's super easy to put your name out there as someone who's interested in other opportunities. So not trying to scare you, just kind of alert you if you're not already aware to what's happening out there in the HR and recruitment field, there are training programs every day all over this world going on to train people to try to hunt and peck and look for those passive candidates, and it's gonna as the employment market continues to stay super competitive. It's going to even get more challenging. So intent to stay. I would argue is not necessarily a lasting intention if you, the employer, are not making meaningful connections on an ongoing basis to ensure your team has the intent to stay. So these statistics are from Gallup. Um, many organizations, including my own, poll stats like this, and they're all fairly similar. Um, what they show is that it's a little bit like a bell curve, but kind of a slanted bell curve. Then, in any given organization, about a third of employees are actively engaged or super engaged. Kind of 60%, you know, 50 to 70, some statistics would say, are in the middle. So, on any given day, they could be pulled to the engaged side and really be given it their all. That might depend on who they're reporting to what the nature of their current assignment is, if they like the other members of their team, or they could also be being pulled the other way, down to the actively disengaged. Some people call that bottom tier cave dwellers. And the acronym stands for consistently against virtually everything. So do you have any team members like that that no matter what you seem to do you just gave them a raise you gave them um, a new manager who's much better you give them a new office or a new cube or a new truck and they still, they might be happy or enthusiastic for a day or two and then they're already back down trying to drag other people down with them or poised in your organization with their toxicity, that's that lower tier. My recommendation for an H, from an HR perspective and a leadership perspective is, is if you know who those people are, um, you should be thinking about an exit strategy because the data, the statistics, the research shows that typically the folks in that lowest third are tough to turn around.
0: Marilyn Fayumi, one of the featured speakers at the WQA Business Boot Camp in Las Vegas in April. We'll also share portions of the other boot camp speakers in the weeks ahead. And, of course, plan now to attend the WQA Business Bootcamp next year, March 31st, in Orlando. This
1: is Kathleen Fultz, WQA's Global Regulatory and Government Affairs Manager, with your regulatory update. The United States House of Representatives and the Senate have introduced multiple pieces of proposed legislation addressing PFAS in drinking water, ranging from research of health effects, occurrence data collection, cleanup, remediation, and encouraging the EPA to set a maximum contaminant level. Our industry is in a position to provide solutions and education to legislators and the public on these contaminants. We will continue to track these bills for you and other agency actions to address remediation. You can review the various pieces of legislation by visiting the wqa.org government affairs webpage for our monthly bills list. I'm Kathleen Foltz for WQA Radio.
0: This week's WQA Tip, have you checked out the Getting Smart publication series at wqa.org? We've updated two great booklets, Getting Smart with Softeners, and getting smart with reverse osmosis. They provide best practices for water treatment industry professionals and conservation tips for consumers focused around specific water technologies. You can download the booklets free. Go to resources and then look for publications on wqa.org. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for WQA Radio, then hit subscribe. Each new podcast will appear in your podcast catcher or podcast player automatically each week. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Learn more about water at wqa.org and learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed, so long from WQA Radio.